Hello everyone, welcome to Covenant. Clay and Carolyn Barnett. Hello. Hi Carolyn. How are you? All choked up. <clears throat> Trying not to choke here, but sorry. That's, I've that's been fighting it. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, we're all entitled to that. Uh, Carolyn, we've got a great program uh, ahead of us for our listeners today. You've, uh, I think the word is rustled. Rather than wrestled, <laughs> you probably wrestled. Yeah, I might took some wrestling too. <laughs> Rustled up against. Yes, I have indeed. Yes, and his name is Terry Wagner, and uh, <clears throat> now I'm all choked up. <laughs> as far as our uh, local community goes, uh, many of our uh, listeners are going to uh, recognize that name because he's pretty prominent. Uh, he is the pastor of Tri-State Worship Center. Uh, which is over in South Point, South Point, Ohio. Uh, but he also uh, is very much involved in Christian counseling, and with that, a program that uh, most might recognize. Uh, some might not be familiar with it uh, when I when I uh, name it here or mention it here. Uh, Celebrate Recovery, uh, and as much as Celebrate Recovery probably is has any notoriety, it's it's good. Uh, positive, uh, and that would be the correlate to something like Alcoholics Anonymous, which again, probably most of our listeners have some familiarity with. Uh, but the difference is, though, Celebrate Recovery is probably pretty exclusive to churches, and with that, the freedom to go a little further than Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, any of those type of 12-step programs. Uh, that go underneath that guise of it could be Overeaters Anonymous, Codependence Anonymous, uh, but they really speak of higher power more generically and particularly God in that same sort of generic way and never, ever, ever mention Jesus. Or if they do, it's sort of a, a side note and, well, maybe you believe in Jesus, I may not. Uh, maybe you believe in God, but maybe not as I, and I might believe too, but not as the, the same way I, my God is not the same as your God, and so forth and so on. And there's just a lot of humanism. Now, again, I think probably the reason that is, if I could take a moment to explain that, is that with 12 Steps, they want a very broad audience. And it is true. There's probably no recovery program that has been more instrumental, significant, in changing the lives of those who are addicted than 12-step programs, as they're called, or whatever anonymous. You insert, again, whatever your problem might be. Uh, and I would want to say this. They are Bible-based in that they were formed or it was formed and started by a couple of gentlemen, I think attached to, I won't name the denomination, but a fairly respectable, prominent denomination, Christian denomination. So it would not be that it isn't, uh, a Christian could go there and is gonna be very familiar with the concepts. The problem though is, that <laughs> I laugh only because it seems so simple, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Um, Nobody gets saved unless you know Jesus. How could a program really save you unless you know Jesus? So I know I'm getting a little doctrinal here, so forgive me. Uh, but the idea, though, is, is that as much as the 12-step program then works, it's sort of like the Old Testament works. It's not necessarily as with New Testament because there's really not a transformation. And actually a change of heart. 
full redemption. Actually, 12-step model would say once an alcoholic, you probably know how to finish that statement. Always an alcoholic. <laughs> Always an alcoholic. And so this idea, though, that uh, celebrate recovery goes a little further, a different direction. I feel like they are similar, as you pointed out, to the 12-step model. They use that. They have a lot of um, information that includes what you would read in the 12 and 12, if you've ever read any of that kind of publication from Alcoholics Anonymous. However, as you stated, there's a step further. There's more to the process. And I think that also, and then which we haven't touched on, the fact that it goes beyond um, just addictions. And we might get to that in a minute. <clears throat> but definitely the higher power. And I was thinking about the step where you turned your, your um, mind and will over, but it, there's not that process of surrendering and we might say salvation but there's they want you to surrender your will over but it's not as deep as one coming to God and giving their heart to God well and, and I think even as you're describing that and I know you're doing that in a very intellectual knowledgeable way you know about these things but at the same time, it is a bit of a struggle because when we talk about the transformation or the change mm -hmm. that it really takes to be fully redeemed, mm -hmm. it is hard to separate that from some sort of an intellectual or cognitive, as we might call it in, in more psychological terms, sort of orientation. What we are saying is you can bring your mind in submission into alignment with the Word. You can bring your human will into alignment with the Word of God. But if you don't have your heart changed by the power of Jesus Christ, and with that then the assistance or help of the Holy Spirit, it is going to be what they call in the industry, recovery industry, 12 steps, a white knuckler. A white knuckler. I've never heard that. But I think Well, have you been to an amusement park? Yeah. You ever oh, been on one of those oh, rides? Okay. <laughs> so we're hanging on for dear life. That's it. That's a white knuckler. And I, I feel like exactly how you described is where Celebrate Recovery picks up. Because in AA or NA, whatever, fill in the blank, you've turned over your mind, you've turned over your will. But this heart change, I feel like that's how Celebrate Recovery uh, pulls it all in together and brings those three three things uh, in unity. And that's the beautiful, beautiful part of Celebrate Recovery. Right. And, and I... Uh... I would not want to say that a person has to be saved necessarily to benefit benefit from celebrate recovery That's in, true. in this man. Because in the same sort of a way, a person does not have to be saved to benefit from the Old Testament. Because doing what the Old Testament said is, is going to sanctify you to a certain extent in a material regard. Uh, you obedient to God. It's going to cover you in a material regard. We teach our children to be obedient. Why? Because even if they may not be at a point where they can make the decision to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, the age of accountability, whatever you call that, uh, innocence goes, you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me. Innocence is precious. And, and in some ways, it alone sanctifies a child. But there is an age of accountability. 
Right. Right? Where the child has to make the decision. So before they get to that point, you as a parent cover your child. You as a parent sanctify your child by, hopefully, not only your wisdom, but the Word of God. So it will work to some extent. And I'm not saying people who are addicts or addicted are children. I'm just saying that when I was a child, I thought as a child. But when right. I became a man, as the Apostle Paul would say, I put away childish things. Why? Because it takes salvation to really make it work. So celebrate recovery. If you just applied the tenets of it, you did it the same way 12 Steps does, then certainly it will work for you. And if you're saved and you're using 12 Steps, AA. If you can survive all the uh, collateral, the, the white noise, all the stuff going on around you with all the people that, that aren't necessarily saved and got all these distorted views, it can work too for you. Absolutely. But what works best is salvation in Jesus Christ for the sake of a changed heart mm -hmm. so that then everything becomes a matter of training the mind to align with the heart rather than trying to form some sort of paradigm in your mind and then struggling forevermore, right? eternally so. After the, We're looking at the second death stuff now. After you pass from this life, struggling with that part of you that at a heart level never accepted Jesus and never accepted the gift of God in the way that you needed to to really understand. Stop from your own labors Cease from your own and enter into mine. I used to quote, is it Ephesians 6 1? Children, obey your parents, for this is right. <laughs> this is what the Lord says. I remember when they were younger, I used to just kind of shout that at them because, you know, that's what you do when you're trying to raise children is throw scripture at them because then they will miraculously obey, right? No. <laughs> However, there was that thought that I would try to instill in them even before before that age when they could decide for themselves that they would know the truth. And I think you hit the nail on the head and that's a big part of Celebrate Recovery is the thought process of what thoughts are feeding our actions and you know is that the truth or not and are we living out fleshing out truth or are we believing a lie about God and so you know turning our mind and will over but um our heart definitely that relationship with Jesus Christ of course I want to reiterate you do not have to be a Christian to participate in Celebrate Recovery. That is not even in their tagline. They they say habits, hang-ups, and hurts. Yes. So I want to encourage anyone that may be listening, you do not have to be a Christian to do that. However, I feel like it will be, for your benefit, so much more successful if you would add Jesus to that equation. Well, and, 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 I, and I may have this wrong as far as, as, and Terry will hopefully really clarify this since he is kind of the specialist in the Celebrate Recovery. But at the same time, though, uh, I do believe, though, Jesus is quite permissible to talk about at, at Celebrate Recovery. And you will not get so much that, I think, when it comes to 12-step. You know, I, I try to think sometimes, you know, uh, Jesus, if you're a believer, he is here. But sometimes I try to picture, uh, I heard Terry say yesterday, who did Jesus hang out with? Who was he with? Mm -hmm. It wasn't the highly religious, perfect people. 
And so Jesus acquainted himself with people that were in need and people that had struggles and problems. And so um, none of this is going to scare him or, you know, catch him off guard. He's not going to be shocked when we come with our problems. Um specifically addictions, but in Celebrate Recovery, as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't have to necessarily be addictions. So I find comfort in that, and I feel like that it's a win-win. You know, you go, and yes, you're going to get help, like you said. But then when you add Jesus to the equation, which really we could say Jesus plus nothing, However, I believe these things are to be used for our benefit. This not we're not saying Jesus plus celebrate recovery. We're saying um, it is Jesus plus nothing. However, God gives wisdom to people to do these things, these programs, insights. I read the twelve and twelve. I read the big book. I got a lot of help from that, and so I feel like there's wisdom to be gained, but. Um, it's just uh, a matter of how you're approaching it, whether you're a believer or not. Yes, and, and as much as I, I have everything you said, when I say yes so quickly, it almost sounds like I'm just moving on to another point or to a kind of offer no, addition. <laughs> but, but the idea, though, is I agree with everything you're saying, but again, this is where the struggle is. Because somewhere in all of this, <laughs> they tell nobody now. I don't know what you know. What's gonna it's gonna take for them to understand? Uh, I am not going to hit anybody over the head with a two by four. I'm not going to pound Jesus into somebody. That's not how that works. Right. But I am going to, as with the Samaritan woman at the well, I am going to offer a legitimate, what I think, testimony of Jesus Christ, which is not without. Uh, some um, it's, it does not hold any sort of element of fear in me. I, I'm going to do that boldly and as openly as I know how to do that. Right. And I'm going to give God the glory and Jesus the credit. Right. Absolutely. As much as saving me. Yes. But at the same time, I, Samaritan woman could have walked away. Samaritan woman could have, which she met Jesus that day, could have just said, "Oh, well, you know, you're too good for me." And I know Jesus wasn't there saying, oh, I'm going to hang out with the Samaritans because I'm too good for them. And they're going to recognize that. What Jesus really helped her understand was salvation was for everyone. And right. it wasn't just for those that were high and mighty. And a lot of folks in a human dimension, I think that's why 12 Steps is gone the direction it's gone into more humanism mm -hmm. because people think that people are trying to look down upon them or that they've got some sort of something special going on inside of them that makes them better. That's not true. So sure, anybody and everybody is welcome. You can go 12 steps, you can go to Celebrate Recovery. But if you're going to go to Celebrate Recovery or if you're going to become familiar with our ministry or the Covenants uh, program, you're going to hear a lot about Jesus. And I don't know that that's the case. I probably don't have a Bible study at Celebrate Recovery. I wouldn't no. imagine that. No. But at the same time, though, it is much more, I think, open or at least available to talk about Christ. And, and I'm pretty sure that the material itself, what I do know of Celebrate Recovery, mentions Jesus. You don't get that in 12 steps. It's filled with Scripture. So they go through each step quoting 
the step from like the 12 steps that are traditional from AA and then also a celebrate recovery version of that sentence and then there's scripture so it's it's sprinkled throughout and it's not meant to beat someone over the head with I don't feel that when I open my book I don't feel like they're trying to guilt me into getting saved or anything like that I feel like they're backing up their claims and using scripture showing proof of why they believe that particular statement but it is interesting, though, to see people in the meeting that don't know Jesus and how they kind of respond to all that scripture. That's kind of interesting. Um, I, I like um, learning how people uh, take in things, you know, when they first uh, come to Celebrate Recovery. They're not really sure what to expect. But I believe that, you know, being in that common ground with others that feel the same way you feel helps, definitely. Well, I went to the homepage. <laughs> the, okay. the benefits of you always modern, look up everything. modern technology. <laughs> CelebrateRecovery.com. Celebrate Recovery is a Christ-centered 12-step recovery program from anyone struggling with hurt, pain, or addiction of any kind. Mm -hmm. so, so it is Christ-centered. And, yes. and I think that that is, and I think for our listeners, that is probably really an important distinction to this extent. Yes. That there's a lot of folks who have failed in 12 steps and a lot of folks who look at church as somewhat intimidating or pastors maybe, even a general sort of way of church folk, let me just put it that way, as someone who's wanting to proselytize, mm -hmm. which just means steal them, you know, brainwash them. Get them into church. That's not the case. This, at least, right. that's not what we're about on on, so, uh, on covenants. Exactly. What what we want to do though is, I want to make the distinction. You are not going to overcome your addiction in the way that you want to to be fully restored, except through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And I think Celebrate Recovery probably uh, they might not say it as boldly as me. And Terry may indeed take the same sort of path you are in the sense of trying to not be too heavy-handed with that. But as much as I might get away with it, I, I'm going to say that because in the end, you're not. Right. I've been in the business long enough. I've seen them come. I've seen them go. I've seen programs start. I've seen programs finish. I've, <laughs> we're living in Huntington, West Virginia. The Mecca. The Mecca, Mecca, Mecca. That's, that's a that's a um, triple mecca. <laughs> yeah, that's not even a Christian term, right? Uh, the idea, though, wrong religion. The idea, though, the ground zero, the the, the centerpiece <laughs> of salvation, the Jerusalem, so to speak, of salvation is Huntington, West Virginia. We've got a recovery center on every corner. Every church has Sadly. one. They're everywhere, but. They're not producing results that are sustainable. And those that are, at least in the, not in the numbers that I would hope, and those that are only do it because they don't peddle humanism. They promote Jesus Christ. And they do that, and you're right, you do that through living example and testimony. And you do that through love. And it is all-inclusive in the sense that anybody that would want and would have desire would come. And that's what I was trying to make the point about the Samaritan woman. She had to make a choice that day mm -hmm. whether she would want. Now, I think she was saved that day. And I know that was, before, I uh, that was before Jesus was crucified and before the resurrection of Christ. But I think on that day, and she went and told the whole world about Jesus. 
But the notion was, though, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You're not, it's not out of your mind. It's out of your soul, out of your spirit, but it's out of a redeemed soul and spirit with Jesus and the Holy Spirit helping and assisting is the only way to true salvation. Now, the first fruits of our inheritance, now, while we're still in this life, but more right. the hereafter. And that's why I mentioned the second death earlier. We're going to take a break and then I'm going to let you comment. <laughs> Okay. You are listening to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. Carolyn, what were you going to say? I was thinking about the Samaritan woman, about how she changed. I do believe she got saved, for in quotation, you know, the process of believing took place that day for her. But just the choice that she made to go and share, and I just... I think after watching The Chosen, I kind of visualizing that, that woman running and going and telling everyone. And she made that choice. She didn't have to. But I, I'm just a firm believer in sharing what God has done in us. That's a big part of recovery. If you can say, yes, I've been exactly where you are. I know how you feel. And this is what happened. And now here I am. And people can see that difference and not just hear your words, but they can see the difference in your life. That's huge. That's, that's bigger than any testimony, um, you know, words, you know, when people see a change in your life. But I, I'm so thankful that somebody shared that with me and showed me a change in their life that I was able to see that long before I made the decision to follow Christ but just being able to see that lived out and fleshed out and, and shared obviously through the spoken word. So so here we go. Uh-oh. <laughs> Make me nervous when you say that. No, I know. Well, and it would not be that you are anything but an open book. Uh, I've, I've discovered that about you. I'm probably somewhat open. If you get to know me a little bit, I will open up a bit more. But, but the idea, though, is that, that um, why a person, and you mentioned this earlier, and I, and I think it's a good way for us to, to sort of bring us back around to Terry. Why people come to celebrate recovery? Most folks think it's only about drugs. You know, I'm, I made that association it's a moment not. ago that we got a recovery center every corner. Right. You know, uh, and it's a money maker. It is an industry in, in our area, which right. kind of is another level of serving God versus Mammon. But that's for another broadcast of the program. Maybe we'll get somebody from one of those recovery centers on, and they can give a legitimate mm. testimony so that the whole region, the whole community, can know exactly where they stand on Jesus. So here we go. Folks, though, don't have to be drug addicts to go to Celebrate Recovery. Absolutely. They do not have to be alcoholics to go to Celebrate Recovery. They do not have to have porn addiction to go to Celebrate Recovery. Right. Uh, they don't have to have media addiction, food addiction. They can have maybe those and all kinds of other problems or difficulties. So here we go. Why? Let me just say, they don't have to have an addiction, period. The first part is habits, hang-ups, and hurts. So there could be some unforgiveness. There could be some hurt. There could be just some kind of a habit, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like an addiction, addictive behavior. There's some people in there struggling with unforgiveness, 
in the particular group that I'm involved with. So, you know, I see lots of different things come in that's not necessarily addict addictions or addictive behavior. I, I think we should throw that out there. So, so how many husbands did the Samaritan woman have? Five. <laughs> what was she looking for? And what was Jesus offered her? There was a well, and he said, give me water. Right? And then, then she, he, and she says what she says, and he says, I can give you water that will never dry up. That never you will thirst again. never right, thirst again. I think it's no different for us. I, I, the whole, it doesn't matter if it's husbands or whatever it is, we're seeking to fill a void that only Jesus can fill. And we'll fill it with whatever comes along. And that is, unfortunately, the human condition. I exactly. Sal I salute you. Yes. They, our listeners could not tell, but I was giving you the official <laughs> Dave Clay salute. Because it's true. And we're all addicts. Mm -hmm. And materialism, and why it's such a struggle, is that's the problem. Our flesh craves something to feel better. And it can be a substance. It can be an experience, though, because experience has biochemical reactions just like substances do, psychoactively in our body. Right. And that's what achieves either comfort or whatever whatever we call... We're seeking. Yes, that high. But, I, but let, me, let me finish this up and give it right back to you. But this notion, though, that Jesus can save us all, he does so as he saved us all or saves us all as he did so, that's the way I want to say it, mm -hmm. with the Samaritan woman. Because we all have a well and we're either trying to fill it or beginning to realize it's already full, we're just going to the wrong one. We're going to the wrong well, we're looking for something and Jesus says, hey, wait a minute, it's not outside of you, the well's in you. And it's not just you. It's not like everybody is okay and we don't need saving. We don't need Jesus. It's that the well that God puts in us, the Holy Spirit that God gives us. And even though we mentioned the age of accountability earlier in, in this segment of the program, we have to come to an awareness of choice right. where we're going to turn. But the Holy Spirit only comes through salvation and salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. Right. But that's why Celebrate Recovery works because it's a Christ-centered program. <laughs> exactly. You know, Carolyn, I read that online and at, at the CelebrateRecovery.org. Yes. I keep. I thought of your previous mantra, keep it simple, stupid. Sometimes we can just overcomplicate it. But I was thinking about the Samaritan woman. Once she made that choice and made that decision, we need to be clear that it's not a one-time thing. You don't just figure out that you are trying to replace and, and fill up something in the wrong place and then make that realization and then, oh, okay, and then never do it again. Mm -hmm. It's an ongoing thing, dare I say daily, but it continues on because even once you figured that out, there's another area that you're trying to fill it with. Yes. And I think that that's the refining part. That's the beautiful part of our relationship with Christ. And then and then being able to come to Celebrate Recovery and, and share that and get that help is that we can go through and, and maybe we realize I was trying to... There's a line in a song. I think it's... 
Cody Carnes that says, I'm sorry that I forgot that you weren't, or I forgot that you were enough. I believe that's what it is. I cared. And that line always strikes me because we can. We can tend to forget that he's enough for us and we just kind of go on. So I want to make that point to our listeners that we we may come to that realization, but it's it's an ongoing process because another day we're going to come to another well and we're going to have to deal with that. And we're going to have to ask God to help us. You know, what are we doing here? Are we trying to put things in this well? Are we trying to draw from the wrong well? What's happening? It's a well of living water. <laughs> That's where we need to go. And but she, we see other wells that look interesting. I don't, well, they're <laughs> enticing and they're seductive, right? In that sort of way. They entice us in that carnal dimension and the biochemical dimension, the physiology, the physiological dimension. And I'm not saying don't, we also mentioned amusement parks earlier. I'm not saying don't go to amusement park. If you want to ride a thrill ride, do so. White knuckler. Yeah, because it's okay, right? It's okay to watch a movie. It's okay to go see a play. It's okay to be dramatic. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. But at the same time, all of that is enticement if you don't know where you need to come home to. It's okay to take a vacation, but but you've got to come home. And usually coming home requires you to at least be able to understand what that offers you, what the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. alive within you offers you. Because that really is the predicate of our salvation. Is it's not because of anything of me, of my mind, my flesh, my will, my 12 steps, my 10 commandments, my Old Testament desire, or my desire in an Old Testament context to do what's right. What really saves me is the Holy Spirit in me right. performing what is right. Righteous because of Jesus, who then otherwise will chasten me, will correct me, will get me through, comfort me when I'm going through the pain that otherwise I'm looking for another well to take the pain away. Only He alone leads me in knowledge and understanding and the combination of that with His wisdom, the virtue and character that He is, is my salvation. Absolutely. And that's where it has to be. That's where it has to land. And I want to ask you a question that you mentioned about... I like questions. ...that the, uh, it's not bad to watch a movie or to, to um, you know, go on vacation. And I didn't realize that you thought I was an open book, but apparently I am. I tend... I have an area there. And I'm wondering, my question to you is, do we need... Is there need to be a sensitivity or an awareness when we get close to that thing? And I'll give you an example I'm talking about. I I guess I'll give you permission to laugh at me. I love... <laughs> if I laugh now, will that make you feel any more comfortable? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, laugh now. Just go ahead and get over it. I love 80s music. And I... Yes, I know. And I, you know, was a product of that, you know, generation, the hair bands and all that. And so once a week we get together with our friends and we play cards and we listen to our music and we have fun. Monday morning, if I get up and I go turn on that instead of my normal praise and worship music, 
something happens and I'm sensitive to that and I feel like that God's we've had conversations about this so it's something I'm aware of but my question to you is do you feel like that we have to be aware of where our boundary lines are with, with things there is such a thing as familiar spirits and in a King James sort of context, for all of our listeners who might be devoted to or loyal to King James, they'll go, "Yeah, he's a King James person." Uh, for Are those you of King you, James for those that listen to different translations, right, of the Bible or, or read different translations of the Bible, that may be worded differently. But there is, there are familiar spirits, and those come upon you through experience. And those are things that we acquire sometimes when we're in our immaturity, unawares. Uh, those are things that can be sometimes more or less, I don't know, risky behaviors. Uh, and so all of that is in the flesh. And God created us well. He created us well not only in spiritual, eternal terms, but He created us well in terms of physical or material terms. And even though we live in mortality because of Adam and Eve's indiscretion or dis- poor discretion in, in Genesis, in the, the Garden of Eden, nonetheless, nonetheless, we learn. And we learn very, very well. And we acquire habits. And whether those are the entirety of that as familiar spirits or all the things that otherwise would go along with a habit that would have bad sort of implications, I think those are hard to shake. Sanctification, washing in the, with the, as with water by the Word every day is important. It's not only the Word, but it's the living Word, the Holy Spirit as within us. It's alive. But I thought about... The, pa- the passage in Scripture where Jesus talks about the house and, and the house was cleaned out, the evil spirits were cast out, but they didn't put the right thing in, and then the spirits went out and then into dry places, which means I suppose there wasn't any life it could find to inhabit, so they came back on the man or... And more came back, or, right? Yes, or even the man, because he was still not drinking of the living water, mm-hmm. was himself dry and needed did something because he had not been chosen. But that's what we're saying. Twelve steps can lead you to the well. Twelve steps can give you the opportunity to meet with Jesus. But if you don't do what the Samaritan woman did that day and recognize you or have had an encounter with the one and only living God and living Savior, and you need to then submit your life to Christ Jesus Mm -hmm. and that Holy Spirit that God already has within you so that it comes out of you, not has to be placed upon you. You're talking about your kids. You know, you you don't have to to be disciplined. You don't have to be threatened Mm -hmm. to get it done. But that's a huge shift in orientation. But Celebrate Recovery is about that as much as overcoming any potential addiction. And in that, that's why I said at the start of the program, it's about Jesus. And the difference would be Celebrate Recovery with the inclusion of the full and complete picture gives then the person the opportunity to make the best empirical decision for themselves. Whether or not they're going to trust Jesus or not trust Jesus. Whether they're going to believe in the Holy Spirit or not. Twelve steps doesn't give you that decision because it doesn't present the full picture. Uh, We live in an age now where we have to question science. 
It's sad to say, right. but we've gotten there. People lie so much, corrupt so much, distort so much, you can't even trust what otherwise would have been credible research from credible sources. But the one credible source that you have that you can always trust is you. If you approach this empirically, through your experience, through what you learn from the testimony of others, the Apostle Paul says you, can't, you don't even have to know of Jesus and somehow for even those that did not know of Jesus, they know Jesus because it's the Holy Spirit that matters. Right. And, and that's something that you have to use. You're accountable and culpable to what you decide to do with the facts. But if you're not presented the full picture... That's your, I'm lying to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why full disclosure for me has to include Jesus. Because otherwise, I'm just lying to you. And it was so simple, too. That encounter at the well didn't take an hour. It wasn't an hour, all day thing. It wasn't a conference or a presentation. It was very simple and just succinct and just basic. So I feel like we can overcomplicate that and make Jesus salvation this big thing and, and I just am well, picturing that that what took place there. Well you want to be your own savior, not you, not you particularly and not maybe our listeners, but human nature is to be your own savior. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of again part of that enticement because I just complimented God on how he created us. Not that he needs my compliment. Praise God mm -hmm. on how mm -hmm. he created us right. even in a material regard. And that's what the devil did though. He said, oh well you know Eve, you could be just as smart as God. Mm -hmm. Well the problem is the humans are much lower than God. Right. We don't have all the information. We don't have the context Right to understand it in the way that God does. We don't have the sensorium. We don't have the senses to really right. register it in the way that His we need to. Are not our thoughts. Yes, <laughs> which is is the biblical King James, by the way, yes. way of, of describing that. Mm -hmm. So this notion, though, is is that we want to be our own gods, but you can't. I right. I hate this look. I'm looking it will you. Never work. I'm looking you square in the eyes. I know you already know this, but for the sake of our listeners, I can't look you in the eyes. I hate to break the news to you. But you cannot be your own God. And everything else, short of Jesus Christ, and that admission is you trying to build your own kingdom. And it will never stand. It will never withstand. You won't withstand. Right. Even as well-built as we think it is. We think we're so smart. We've thought of everything. We've planned for the backup, the failure that might happen. It's still never going to be as solid and secure as if God was at the foundation of it. It just won't work. And, and as much as, again, uh, we will get a chance to hear from uh, Pastor Terry Holland uh, here in a moment. Oh, I'm sorry. Wagner. Wagner, excuse me. Terry Wagner here in a moment. Uh, I'm sure that he will have his own uh, sort of perspective on that and I'm sure that it will include some conversation about Jesus and what he has found to be himself the best way to lead those uh, not only to Christ in the same way that we are uh, trying to give God the glory and direct it always toward Jesus but what he has found to be the best way that Celebrate Recovery or as its intention works and what is vital and alive in his Celebrate Recovery meetings and, and I should say that too, 
And I'm sure uh, Pastor Wagner will say this as well, that Celebrate Recovery is not denominational. So it doesn't no. belong to a particular denomination. Right. <clears throat> it's not predicate upon a particular church. Nope. It is held in churches. Uh, but at the same time, though, it is one of those programs that any church could use, anybody could use, and probably because of that, the different personalities that make up different churches, there's going to be naturally a little bit of a different flavor to each group that you go to, but you find that in 12 steps as well, depending on who they are, who the persons are, and where they're coming from, and right. you know, you do better with folks that have similar life experiences mm -hmm. and similar cultures. Mm -hmm. But in that same sort of way, it all is going to go toward Jesus. Yes, that's that's the bottom line. And Celebrate Recovery, and it has to be for any 12-step to work. But sadly, there's a lot out there. There's so many programs out there. And I've even participated in some. And to be honest with you, they failed. <laughs> and I... You know, am I happy about that? No, but I look back on it now, and then it was not based on the principles that Jesus gave us, and so therefore it was going to eventually fall. I tried to hold it up really good for two and a half years, and I just made it into like a law that was to be broken, and I was right back in the Old Testament, and well, it was a rule, you yes, know? Yes. And I wasn't going to follow it, as our flesh does. And so uh, I, I left that program. Well, it, and, and in the same sort of way that, that Jesus brought the Ten Commandments down to two, uh, we, we can bring the Old Testament law down to basically one, uh, in this sense. You either accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, or you suffer the consequences. You don't. And it's not that God creates the consequences just to punish, but there's natural consequences for not knowing Jesus or accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. So yes, all obedience comes down to this one thing. And God does honor, He hates disobedience. But the one thing you have to do is recognize your need for Jesus Christ and make that your decision. And so when you get confused, when you kind of get out in the weeds a bit, you get a little bit lost, I guarantee you, anybody I talk to, if you know and understand what that's about through the Word of God and, and the idea that you can't be your own God and save yourself then what you're going to recognize is there is just one thing that will bring you right back home as soon as and as quick as you might need to to get the confusion to go away. And that is, do I believe Jesus to be Lord and Savior and will I then accept Him in that role in my life? But if you let that yay be yay or no to everything else, then He will do the same thing for you that He does for the Samaritan woman at the well. So, we're about to take a break. Did you want to say anything real quick so I can kind of make Would that transition? Would you say that boils down to trust or belief? Who and you? Anybody that you said that, you know, it, they have to make that decision. Really, to me, it just boils down to almost one word. Do you trust him or do you not? Yeah, and do that's you believe what, him? Yeah, that's why I was being facetious uh, a little bit with you about that. Because I, I agree. It, you know, we can make it about trusting you. Mm -hmm. We're going to make it about trusting Pastor Wagner. You can make it about trusting me. <laughs> I need to tell you right now, don't. I will do the best I can, and I'll let you know when I've failed. And I'll try to see it coming if I can. I'll let you know before it comes. But at the same time, though, you can't trust in a program even. Right. You have to trust 
in Jesus. And that was your point. And that's the question. Yes, you have to. Because if you're looking for anything else, you're still the Samaritan woman. You'll have not only five husbands, you'll have eight, ten. You can't be monogamous. You, right. you can't hold that one. You'll be going from one thing to the next to fill that empty well that we spoke of earlier. Isn't this a great program? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm <is>. excited. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what Pastor Wagner has to say. Uh, he's not only going to talk about Celebrate Recovery, though. He's also going to be talking about his church. So our special guest for today is Terry Wagner of Tri-State Worship Center. And, you know, Terry, I don't know that we've done a good... Should I call you Terry or Pastor? Oh, you can just call me Terry. That's, <laughs> okay. good. That's good. Well, I want to show respect and honor to who respect Thank and you. honor I, is I due. I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, Tri-State Worship Center and Celebrate Recovery. Mm-hmm have something in common. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, first let me say thanks for, for letting me come on for a few minutes today. We appreciate uh, appreciate sharing some time with you. Uh, Celebrate Recovery, of course, a spiritual recovery program that's uh, spiritually based, really based around the, the AA program, except for with a few extra steps in there. And uh, the way we promote it at Tri-State Worship Center is it's for anyone with hurts, hang-ups, or habits. A lot of times you talk about recovery and people automatically go to drug addiction or alcohol addiction but this is really for for just about anything whether it's eating uh, or unforgiveness anything that's a hurt a hang-up or a habit and uh, of course it's a, uh, biblically based and we, we try to uh, keep it as biblically as we can mm -hmm. and uh, I think you had Josh Wilkerson on uh, in a previous uh, podcast and he he kind of runs that particular ministry for us but it's not just for our church uh, it, it's for those people outside the walls as well. And anybody that we can help. Um, I'm a strong believer in counseling service, period. Yeah. Strong believer in that and what you guys are doing. Um, but I do believe that spiritual context uh, really needs to be there uh, to, to bring it to a place where it helps a person in, in the long run. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're, we're really glad that, that we're able to present that, not just celebrate recovery. We have a few other uh, indirect counseling type things. We have a men's and a women's Bible study that we do. And of course we address certain things during those times together. And, uh, and I think that that helps us a lot uh, to be able to share the good news in, in a lot of different ways. So if I were to ask you a question, which I am, <laughs> about what the difference is between counseling and certainly uh, we put Christian in front of it. We also add the specialized pastoral care services. But the notion, though, that Christian counseling is a little different than what folks are going to find in a more secular context. Mm -hmm. But there are some similarities of overlap. Sure. And I was just going to ask, could you explain how you kind of conceptualize how those two parts fit together, the Word of God, and then some of the things that maybe are more traditional to the counseling? Right. Well, I think at the root of, of who all of us are is our worldview. And of course, uh, being a, a pastor, being a Christian, I have a biblical worldview. I think sometimes in the counseling world, uh, without the biblical view, we're, we're missing out on a, on a module uh, of, of what God intends for us. If we don't have that included in the counseling, uh, I think we're, we are partially helping a person. Um, 
I'm 62 years old. I've been in the ministry for over 40 years. I've been a pastor for uh, 18 years. Um, the church that I grew up in is not the same church that we have today. Mm -hmm. uh, the church that we have today is is very dysfunctional people. We're not dealing with the same kind of issues mm -hmm. that we dealt with. Uh, where about you know 40 years ago, you could tell someone that they needed to see a counselor, or see a psychiatrist, or a psychologist. But now the church is really being leaned on. Uh, in, in a much heavier way, so much dysfunction that's going on, broken homes, broken families, broken lives. And so we try to tie that spiritual element mm -hmm. to the counseling service, mm -hmm. and we do that through the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And that takes us back to a biblical worldview. I've been I've been having this particular thing kind of resonate in my heart for the last month, and that is, what does God think about this? That 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 question in my mind: What does God think about this? We're we're going through a series on Wednesday nights at the church on sexuality, and I know the church has kind of been quiet on mm -hmm. that issue, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's been a mistake. Mm -hmm. I think that we're seeing the result of the mm -hmm. church being quiet on the issue, but at the very core of that whole issue is. What does God think about this? Yeah. And so I think I could probably bridge that over to your question, and that is, you know, dealing with a person, whether it be addictive behavior, whether it be anger issues, whether it be depression, uh, you know, I try to bring them to a point of what does God think about this, and then let's work from there, you know, to see how we can make it better. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the church needs to lean on uh, specialized people like like what you guys do here at Covenants mm -hmm. uh, because they're uh, what I see as the future of the church is making place for either people on staff that are certified yeah. to, to counsel or yeah. to be able to refer people to sure. places like Covenants to be able to say here's here's a place that I can trust will give them not just uh, you know counseling but mm -hmm. spiritual counseling that's going to uh, fill I think what Voltaire said was that void that's in all all of us yeah. that, that can only be filled with, with God. Well, as much as, again, I would not lay claim to be an expert in all human behavior, <laughs> most of my formal training, though, is toward that end of human behavior. And I, I used to kind of worry a bit about that because now certainly a lot of psychology and counseling in a secular context is just very humanistic. Sure. And for me, that's the big problem mm -hmm. is that they, and I think that's what you're speaking to as far as culture yeah. and, the, and the, even the composition of the body of Christ is, yeah. has kind of fallen into the trap of humanism. But, but a lot of folks, when you mention psychology and counseling and they think of, in human dimension, they automatically dismiss you because they think, well, you're just going to be like everybody else. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I studied hum the human body. I understand the psychology of it. That doesn't make it, though, my end game, if I could call right. it that. But it does probably help me understand how people get in trouble in much the same way the Old Testament mm -hmm. helps me understand how people get in trouble. And Carolyn and I, I believe uh, we had mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast, or the broadcast today, uh, but that the Old Testament can do a lot to sanctify a person. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, my conceptualization of that is that's for the body, mind, soul, and human spirit. Right. But it isn't going to save you, mm -mm. right? Because it can sanctify you and preserve you until you get the message of salvation or you understand what that process of restoration is. Mm -hmm. But 
for me, that's where Jesus comes in. And right. then as I bring the Christian into the context, right. you know, I can, again, I, I can work with folks who are Christian and, and do okay with that, right? right? And, like, celebrate recovery. Right. You know, we don't want to exclude anybody from mm -hmm. coming to celebrate recovery. But at the same time, I've also always wanted to remind them, though, that true salvation comes from Christ. Right. And that is a bit different. That psychology can only take you so far, Kelsey, but the Word of God and certainly a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is what brings that to that point of not only salvation in a human dimension for us now, but the first fruit of our inheritance, but eventually it's going to be the only thing that saves our soul in an immortal sort of terms. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that, again, when we go back to the question of what is my worldview, if I have a biblical worldview, then I have to understand that I was created by God. The best thing for me to do then is try to follow God's plan. Uh, and to bring people to a point of, like you said, the Old Testament can help lead us in the right way. Jesus is God's plan to, to restore us back to right relationship with God. And, and if that's my biblical, that's my worldview, the biblical worldview, then, then to help somebody is to bring them to that point of, um, you know, we were created by God. God had this plan. We messed it up. He sent his son to die for us. And that has to be part of the counseling process. Mm -hmm. um, and when we leave that out, I, again, I think we, we leave a person, uh, I'm going to say empty. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not, I wanted to say not completely full, but in reality, it's Well, that's it's, that it's, Voltaire it's thing you mentioned yeah. earlier. It doesn't right. fill the void. Right. It, it kind doesn't. of prepares it, yeah. right? But yeah. you still got to finish that work Absolutely. or allow God to finish that yeah. work by filling that void. Yeah. I got a, I have a brother, a younger brother that was a, a functioning alcoholic for 35 years. Um, and when he finally decided to get straightened up, you know, he, he goes to AA and he goes to all the meetings and he's a sponsor but he'll tell you that without God mm -hmm. in that equation mm -hmm. he, he'd probably be back drinking again but he knows uh, even though AA will not uh, identify the higher power he does identify yes. the higher power and that is God. And that's the difference. Yeah, absolutely yes. the difference. Yeah. Well, well Carolyn and I kind of teased a bit about that because I went online to read the actual, I guess what the um, mission statement mm -hmm. is of Celebrate Recovery and it was right there it's uh, Christ centered Yes, mm -hmm. and, and that is a big difference and, yeah. and I know that again that would not be intention as they say nowadays to cast shade over 12 steps mm -hmm. or any of those programs AANA it just means though that without filling that void with Jesus or without that heart change or transformation it's very difficult then it's impossible mm -hmm. not very difficult it's impossible for one to save themselves right. and no 12 steps helps yes it's still very humanistic if it always kind of comes back to well in the end you're still trying to save yourself mm -hmm. so all your counseling at the church mm -hmm. christian counseling would have that predicate yeah Absolutely. And yes. Yeah. And would have Christ at the centerpiece. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I mean, I, I think that the church down through history, um, trying to deal with certain issues uh, without that has probably led us to some of the problems that we have today. Um, if we could give people a good, strong spiritual foundation that does not change, then as their world changes, they could always refer back to this foundational belief that I have. But uh, I think too often in, in the history of the church, and again, I, I'm 62, so I've been around uh, for a while. The history of the church is, is that when I don't know how to handle this 
particular issue, whatever it is, I'm going to send them somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And in doing that sometimes, not not obviously not speaking of covenants, but speaking of no, those yes, secular counseling sessions, uh, we've done more harm than good. And, and I'm going to, in, in way of full disclosure, it wasn't until, I'll say 25 years ago, that I came to the realization, I... I'm going to confess right here on the podcast. There, <laughs> There's no secrets on our podcast. We're just going to tell you that up front. There was a time when I, I was convinced that any mental issue was a spiritual issue. Yeah. I, I was convinced that if someone had a mental issue going on, I could just lay my hands on them and cast that devil out of there. Mm. And there was a, a, a particular episode that I went through. I was on staff at a church. Uh, the youth pastor at that church intercommed me and asked me, could I come to his office? So I came to the office, and as I opened the door... There was a young man pacing back and forth in his office that was in the youth group, and he had a golf club in his hand. And I could tell right away this was a bad situation. And I'm going to confess, my first thought was not, how can I pray for this guy? Mm -hmm. My first thought was, how can I tackle this guy without hurting somebody? Yes, yes. You know? and, but that, that event... Uh, was an epiphany for me. It just changed the way I saw mm -hmm. uh, people that are in need. That mm -hmm. it's not always just let's tell them to fast and pray and it's going to be okay. But sometimes we've got to take them by the hand mm -hmm. and lead them through that. And and unfortunately, I guess unfortunately in today's world, you know, a pastor, an average pastor, cannot keep up with that kind of heavy lifting. And, and again, that's, I think that's why places like Covenants and some other Christian-based counseling services are so necessary. Either that or, um, you know, my, my future staff additions need to include uh, people that have counseling training or, or even uh, some kind of a degree in, in helping people and then be able to meld that with the, the Christian, spiritual, biblical worldview. And, and I think, again, the predicate, I'll use that word once more, uh, the presupposition is generation two, maybe three ago, we could count that the word of God uh, was um, liberally spread or sprinkled throughout our culture. Yeah. People, Most people knew of Jesus. Most people knew of church. Most people knew of the basic core tenets, at least of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. But we are dealing with people who have, in apostasy, fallen away from that. Mm -hmm. And the presupposition, again, would be that somehow that's there, I think there would be an error in that. Right. And and I am not necessarily so heavily handed when it comes to insisting that everybody has to go through the Old Testament to understand really the salvation that's available in Jesus. And, and I believe you can accept that. You can accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. You'd have to have some recognition that He's certainly something you need. Mm -hmm. You know, your life, that void is in you. But I do think somewhere along the line, those basic tenets have to be sort of reestablished. Yeah. Some people really have no conscience in that sort of way. Maybe it's a common sense dimension. Maybe they grieve the Holy Spirit generationally. But I am sure secular psychology not addressing any of those spiritual right. issues or doing that does it in a humanistic way, kind of like 12 Steps. Right. It's a spiritual program, but it really isn't attached to Jesus and it's not about the Holy Spirit salvation. What we end up doing is we end up actually creating, I think, more problems. I don't know if people go around with golf 
clubs. But I think that's the problem with the world is they really don't know what to do with anger. Right. They do not know how to be reconciled unto adapt. Yeah. You know, they can't adapt. Yeah. They can't make those adjustments. Right. And I, and I think that uh, too often what the church has done is, is given people the ingredients to bake a cake, but we haven't uh, given them uh, the oven to cook it with. Yeah. You know, and, and my, in that analogy, the oven being the spiritual, biblical side of things. We, we can tell them this is what you need to do. Yeah, don't. And this is this has always been a pet peeve of mine is when someone said, well, just don't be angry. Well, that'd be easy, wouldn't it? You know, just don't be angry. But I think we've got to give them some structure and some things that, you know, recognize what triggers that anger. And then when you get angry, what to do, you know, to, to and and again, I know I keep going back to, and you didn't ask me to come in and be a walking commercial for covenants, but I do think that the average pastor, the average staff person today is not equipped to do that. And that's not a slam. Right. That's just, hey, I, I know the Bible. I feel called to preach or I feel called to lead worship or whatever. And that's what I go do. Mm-hmm. But now we're not just dealing with two parents that can't get along. We're yeah. dealing with parents that are on their second, third, fourth marriage yeah. Yeah. who's trying to put together a blended family. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with people that are having gender identity mm-hmm. issues. All these things that we didn't we yeah. didn't talk about those things 30 years ago, yeah. 40 years ago. And so I think that for us to really be able to help a person in all of those issues it's to walk them through what does God have to say about this? And let's look at what he says. So going back to Tri-State Worship Center. Yes. And the offerings then. Uh, So we have Celebrate Recovery, Mm -hmm. that if folks would want to uh, check that out, Josh certainly. Uh, What other ministries you were talking about? well, I think, I think that, you know, indirectly, uh, we have a men's Bible study <laughs> that uh, is really just an open uh, conversation. I don't lecture that group. I kind of moderate it. I mean, when uh, when we get down a rabbit trail, I try to pull the reins back a little bit. But I think in that setting, men are able to uh, talk about some of the di- issues that they deal with. And then we have a women's Bible study that does the same thing. I'm not, obviously, I'm not in that Bible study, but I know that, that that's what they do is try to deal with those things and so I think with Celebrate Recovery the men's and the women's Bible study and then and then our Sunday school hour uh, the adult classes that we offer deal with today's issues relevant issues and and I think that helps Uh, but beyond that it's it's what you would call pastoral care it's Mm -hmm. it's either me or my associate Ryan Schneider um, or someone from the congregation we have several people in the congregation Mm -hmm. that that are very capable counselors not necessarily degree or certified but capable yes and and so that that pastoral care that we give the congregation uh, is a huge part yes as well and and it's kind of uh, talk about front lines. Uh, it's just right there and it's in the, the spiritual community. Uh, God has placed them in that body. Your church uh, represents that family for them. And we're better to receive that uh, mm-hmm. and to be able to turn to the pastoral care staff and trust that that's going to be there. The love, uh, the support is going to be there. <laughs> I'm laughing a bit because I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you, maybe push you on the spot a bit. I have been to churches not speaking of your church, mm-hmm. but where people are a little bit intimidated sometimes to go to the pastor, though, because sometimes the pastoral oh, yeah. care staff are not as confidential yeah. 
as they maybe would want. And I get that. I mean, let's get the whole church involved. We gotta. We love this person. We want to pray, and and we know that we move God's hands through prayer. Or it becomes fodder for a sermon, right? I mean, yeah. Well, it could. I guess it could show. I was show talking up. to someone this week about you know, uh, and you're right. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. Right now, I I probably have about six couples that I counsel with uh, either weekly or biweekly, and and most of those couples are not couples from our church. Mm. They're couples from other churches, mm-hmm. and, and they're churches that I'm aware of, people mm-hmm. that are pastors that I know. And when I asked them, you know, why 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 did you come to me? Uh, it was well, we really don't want our pastor to know, yes. you know, that we're going through a tough time. Of course, that makes me think, well, how many of my people are going somewhere well, else because they don't want my, you know, their pastor to know? But you do, right? You preserve that confidentiality. Absolutely. But maybe, yes. but maybe that's a bit of maybe a dynamic that that maybe we just need to accept or, or recognize. Sometimes people do feel a need. And certainly, even if they're not a member of your church, or are you non-denominational, the church? We're, we're a Pentecostal church out okay. of Cleveland, Tennessee. And even if they may not be uh, of that particular denominational persuasion, right. I want them to know, though, that they could reach out to Absolutely. you, yeah. and this is what they're going to receive. Yeah. They're the, going to receive a very sober-minded, a very objective, an understanding uh, based on, on evidence. Mm-hmm. You've obviously thought about it, studied it, mm-hmm. considered it, and they're going to receive that that help that they need yeah. in that sort of way. Yeah, Bible's the Bible, doesn't matter which particular denomination that, that you're affiliated with and and when I, and when we do Christian counseling or spiritual based counseling it should be based on this thing called the Bible mm-hmm. which is you know what yes. God left us yes. as, as the instructions and so uh, I, I don't think the shingle over the door matters uh, but I do think the confidentiality that you, that you mentioned is crucial yeah. uh, not just not just married couples but in, in all kinds of situations uh, it, it is absolutely absolutely crucial that a person can trust someone that they're talking to and and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that sometimes they don't feel comfortable with, with the mm-hmm. pastor. And that's why in some cases, uh, you know, I do have a few other people in the congregation that mm-hmm. I'll say, well, what if I hook you up with mm-hmm. so-and-so or so-and-so? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that works out really good for us. And, and I'm blessed that we do have those those other people. Not not just that, you know, I could do the counseling. My associate can do the counseling. I have these people in the congregation that can do mm-hmm. counseling. And then there are times when I say, listen, we, we need to get you some better help and we're going to call yeah. covenants or we're going to call one yes. of the spiritually based counseling uh, services that are available. So uh, confidentiality is it's a huge thing. Yeah. So, Carolyn, this is your chance. Would you, <laughs> would you like to ask a question? Oh, boy. What would you say is probably... I want to flip it a little bit. What would you say is probably the best part of doing counseling? Well, obviously to see the the change in people, to see mm-hmm. results. I mean, I've had uh, married uh, a particular married couple that comes to mind that their situation was a situation where I thought this is never going to work out. You know, no matter what I say, this is not working. Uh, and and 15 years later, you see how happy mm-hmm. they are and, and their family mm-hmm. together. That that is the reward for me is just to see the the change in people even young people that I that I talk to that uh, are struggling with different things that young people struggle with today and then to see them uh, become more solid and sure about what they believe or about who they are about whatever the circumstance might be and to see that uh, manifest in, in how they're living their life and how they're going through day to day those are the things that are rewarding to me it just makes me 
it makes me want to do it again. Yeah. You know, when, when you when you win, obviously you want to win again, and, and I think that's the reward for me. Awesome. Well, go ahead. Oh, I just said that's awesome. Yes, and clearly, I mean, there is a dividend. Uh, I know the Apostle Paul says something along this line uh, that woe unto me if I fail or don't preach the gospel. Now, you could look at that. Uh, at least I have traditionally looked at that one of two ways. Either he's speaking as directly to what God's opinion might be if he did preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. But I think the Apostle Paul was actually given a personal testimony too. Yeah. That it was his life. Yeah. I mean, that was... And so as someone who is a pastor, who has taken on that responsibility and loves the body and, and those that God has given him uh, to cover and to care for, uh, it wouldn't it makes sense to me that you would it would bring all the joy in the world yeah. to know that you're able to edify not only the body in general because yeah. as we've been talking mostly on the on the broadcast today it's been a more general application but particularly those that God has sent to you and you yeah. know in an intimate sort of way right that is a gift of God, and God's going to reward you yeah. in that same manner of love. You're going to receive, I think, as much. I don't think that you may disagree with me. I'm not sure there's anything wrong with that. No, and, and I, I, I obviously have, you know, to see the in the future reward. Obviously, when I leave this world and go to the next, and the, but just just to see the the lives changed, mm -hmm. um, and to see how they can uh, then connect to our community of faith and be more involved and do things that they probably thought they could never do because you know their mind was in a different place or they were struggling with with different uh, things. Uh, that, that again, that's rewarding to me. I had a young lady at church several years ago that she worked at Marshall and in the oral history department and she wanted to interview me to get history of our church mm -hmm. and she asked me that question she's like you know what's what's the reward for you what 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 keeps you going mm -hmm. what's the win mm -hmm. and and I told her it's like just to see people's lives change for yeah. the better yeah. I mean we've got enough people out there trying to do all the self-help and will yourself to do this and will you but when you can see that God connects with the person and it changes them fundamentally mm -hmm. changes their worldview changes their the trajectory of their life uh, man you sit back and, and that is a time when you just go well that's why I do this that's, that's why I put up with all the other it's, stuff that it's, the, it's the glory of the Lord <laughs> alright so uh, as much as we've enjoyed the conversation we're running a little bit low on time so I wanted to make sure that I gave our listeners a, a chance if they would want to speak to you or reach out to you for any reason, mm -hmm. any reason, yeah. uh, pastoral counseling, any reason, how's the best way for them to contact either you or your staff? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the number of the church is 740-523-0231. Again, uh, 740-523-0231. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Terry, T-E-R-R-Y, Wagner, W-A-G-N-E-R, um, and you can send me a private message. Uh, you, you can go to our website, TSWC. Org and use the contact button there that, that you can send us a message. Uh, probably, preferably, just be call the church office, leave your, your name and number, mm -hmm. and I'll get back with you uh, usually within the day. Uh, it's, it's just me and one other uh, associate along with our secretary, so sometimes it gets a little hectic, mm -hmm. but uh, I try my best to return those calls as quick as I can. So again, 740-523-0231. Well, Pastor Terry Wagner, 
of Tri-State Worship Center. We thank you so very, very much for being on the program today. And I want to just make sure that I take this moment to encourage our listeners, if you should have any concerns, and, and again, that's why, that's why we want to have guests on our program. We believe that God has placed so many people in the community, and this is the chance for them to maybe have a bit of a voice. Certainly, we enjoy being affiliated with all the active ministries in the community. But we want to make sure that you, the listener, if as you've heard Terry, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and, and this is somebody that you want to reach out to and you feel like this is the place that you need to go to, I hope you don't hesitate because if God's moving you, do it. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. And I'm sure you'll receive a, a welcome and they'll be available and they'll meet your need. And, and I just, again, I'm appreciative, Terry, that you're doing you. the work that you're doing. Yeah. So I just want to remind our listeners who are listening to Covenant, so we're going to take a quick break and be right back. So, there you have it. <laughs> Celebrate redemption. Celebrate recovery. <laughs> so I, had to wait. I had to wait for you to say it that way so I could make the point. Yes, it is Celebrate Recovery. Thank you, Terry Wagner. He did a fantastic job, Pastor Wagner, with the presentation. But... You know, I'm going, to, I'm going to call it Celebrate Redemption because it is not exclusive to, because recovery just has that sort of sound to it. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of uh, generally associated it with addictions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've got nothing to say about Celebrate Recovery, so nobody's going to listen to me. But I'm just going to call it Celebrate Redemption. And with that, Jesus Christ and the power that he brings us to redeemed or be redeemed or to redeem us mm -hmm. is probably the proper way of saying that. From our habits, hang-ups, and hurts. Yeah, because it is. It's fundamentally, foundationally, it is the me message of redemption. And, you know, and I thought about, <laughs> thought about that. Do you remember when they used to have glass pop bottles? Sure. Yes. And uh, on them, they would have something about redeeming them. Mm -hmm. And I got to thinking, well, you know, that sounds like something I heard in church, right? Redeeming, redemption. And then all of a sudden, it began to make sense to me that in that way, God takes us for what we are and finds the good in it. Uh, and as much with spirit, transforms us. But in a material dimension, he's constantly working to, uh, I don't know, is it okay to say improve, mm -hmm. um, strengthen, help us to adapt, to be more adaptive, to, to do better, not only in thoughts of the hereafter, that kind of thinking, but just in our day-to-day -day existence. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... It seems like I remember those bottles saying, for deposit. You had to. Cents. You had to when you checked that. You're right. You had to pay for that, and then you would get that money back when you brought hmm. that back to the supermarket. I do remember that. Hmm. Because I'm, I'm thinking of the, the exchange that happens. You know, we bring, like you said, exactly just what we are they're not um, brand new they're used they're empty and then we get something back that's more valuable carolyn you're starting to think like a therapist a christian counselor metaphorically well thank you yeah well i, don't, <laughs> I didn't know if you're gonna think that it's a compliment or not no that's a perfect metaphor yeah. right because that really is what we are god can fill us and refill us 
but the substance of it isn't as important as what goes into it. But obviously, in that way, God is not about, even in a material sense, it's eternal. God is not about throwing anything away, especially the soul and the spirit. But even the physical dimensions of existence, the energies neither created nor destroyed, changes shape or form, uh, material elements are not destroyed. I've got a periodic table of elements that I used to carry around in my wallet. Do I want to know why you carried it in your wallet? <laughs> well, surely the great mystery is because I'm not a scientist, right? And so I don't that think, is a little I don't think so much. But what appealed to me was on that little card. Yeah. And I picked it up in a chemistry class. You know, you have to take some of those classes okay, yeah. at undergraduate, even somewhat, yes. sometimes at graduate level, mostly undergraduate stuff. That was years and years and years ago. But I held on to that because there was some comfort, great comfort, in knowing that on that little card mm -hmm. was every element ever created. And that card was going to be good when I got it 50 years ago, or maybe not quite that, 40 years ago, as much as it is today. Because the elements don't change. Now, we can celebrate that. I'm happy about that, mm -hmm. right? Nothing is ever thrown away or discarded with God. But what I'm happier about is what you're talking about with your metaphor. That he chooses as in earthen vessels to deposit right. his Holy Spirit right. so that we might live. But my vessel is sometimes you take it to the supermarket and you just redeem it, right? Mm -hmm. You don't anymore. But used to, right? And that's okay. Because God was able to use what's in it. But he'll fill it right back up again. Right. You know, and even if I'm poured forth the alabaster box, you know, I always thought, wow, that, that was so awesome. It's Mary and broke mm -hmm. the box and all. And that, that's what they said was, you know how much this was worth? And mm -hmm. da, da, da. Well, what they didn't realize was that, that even though the box was broken, Jesus was, the minute it was broken, was beginning to fill it back up again. Mm. With his Holy Spirit and not Absolutely. in the box. That's not what's important. Right. What's important is the love. And that really is the oil that anoints the Holy Spirit. The love that we have for one another. And I thought Pastor Wagner really captured that point in such a fantastic way. That he saw no distinction. Whatever was available to him, he was going to do that properly so ethically so, uh, openly so. He was really disclosing. But even if it was counseling and psychology, which unfortunately is trapped in all this kind of crazy humanism, he nonetheless knew that there was a utility to that, if only to help people understand how they got to where they are, maybe some of the corrections in some sort of a, a more material sort of dimension, conscious, tangible, one that consciously we can recognize. But more so, he knew that that would, as with the Old Testament even, prepare us to receive the true anointing. Right. When we are broken, when the alabaster box is broken, don't worry. I know that sounds a little crazy for me to say that, especially to someone who's feeling so broken, mm -hmm. but that's really when God can use you the most, and that's really when the Holy Spirit really is freed the most, and usually that kind of breaking is in some sort of way a sacrifice. It is certainly in the spirit of love, a deposit that we make to the world, the people around us. We give of ourselves, even unto our own death, right? For the sake of life. But God says, I'm going to fill you right back up again. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put you, deposit you into something else. 
a new body. You'll be a new creature in Christ before you see the resurrected body. But that's really the work of the Word and, and all these tools like Celebrate Recovery and then what you and I do in our counseling. Right. This is the same intention. There's a beautiful song by C.C. Winans, I think, was the original singer of um, a song called Alabaster Box. Mm-hmm. And she talks about you don't know the cost of that. So when it was broken, obviously we know from Scripture, you know, and they even put a, a amount of a ballpark amount saying, you know, like well, what, years' stitch, wages, yes, yes, you know. Yes, so, yeah, they, they sort of... but. Uh, it was a lot, but the song talked about that. And something else I heard on a podcast the other day, and <laughs> at first I thought, well, this sounds kind of juvenile, but it really does apply to everyone. And she talked about love buckets, <laughs> which I had heard similar, you know, kind of references, but, you know, that we have these vessels, she called them buckets. But they all have a little hole at the bottom, like a little drain. Mm-hmm. So they're always being drained. Mm-hmm. But yet, Jesus, God, can fill that up. He's the only one that can fill up that it's not going to drain out. Mm-hmm. Everything else we put in is going to go out through the drain. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was pretty interesting because, you know, we tend to think of, um, you know, being filled in the Spirit and, you know, uh, our lives being draining and maybe even chaotic, but there is one thing that we can count on that will not leave, and it's just so awesome. Well, and and I think that notion, too, if we can continue that, goes just a little further with that that notion, is that even as much Jesus felt the virtue uh, drawn from him when the woman with the issue Mm -hmm. of blood pressed Mm -hmm. through the crowd touching him in his garden, we can feel that virtue sort of drawn from us you said drained. It's kind of sometimes feels that way. But that's the wonderful thing. Not only does God replenish us mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit with that virtue, but true virtue, true character, when you can do that and you can overcome and you can see the redemption of God lift you up out of that circumstance, there ain't nothing that you could face or that would come up that you couldn't overcome. And, and I know that sounds bravado, and if it come out of just me, and it came out of my pride, you know, then you could throw a rock at me. <laughs> I think that's why we have to rely on it, because that's, that's right. the only thing that's going to last. Yes. Everything else is going to yes. fade away. Wood, but, hay, and stubble. But that's the only thing that... Remove the draws. Exactly. That's the only thing that will stay that Purification. Works. Yeah. And, and it does, and it, and it brings the strength out of us. Mm-hmm. And so that's a hard thing. That's a very difficult thing to communicate to someone who's feeling that pressure and that pain mm-hmm. uh, when they come in either to celebrate recovery, to a church, talk to a pastoral counselor, uh, come to see us, uh, what we do. You know, it's hard to say, but you know, God's doing an incredible work in you. And whatever it is that you feel like He has required of you or taken from you in that way, or you've had to give, I don't mm-hmm. think God takes it, but asks mm-hmm. you to give, there He's going to give you more than your heart could ever imagine in return for that. All right, Carolyn, uh, I've enjoyed the program. It's been a good one. It's been an awesome program. Yes. And you know, I'm starting to, maybe I'm starting to enjoy this too much. This is starting to become fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully our listeners will think the same thing, though, right? Because if they could continue to uh, certainly listen to us and join us on uh, our broadcast and our podcast, we'd sure appreciate that. You're great. Speaking of which, this is your big moment. Okay. You get to tell everybody all the wonderful ways that they can reach out to us. And don't forget to remind them that we're looking for uh, some sort of suggestions. Yes. If they have questions, we will hopefully one day will be able to do it live. But now this is the only way that we really can hear what they're interested in, in us talking or discussing on the pro- program. Yes, we would love to have your ideas, suggestions, things you want to hear us uh, talk about, address, questions that you have. Please, by all means, send that to us. And how can you do that, you ask? Well, you can email us at covenants, that's with an S, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. That's covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. Or you can go to our website, covenantschristiancounseling.com. Yes. And I would suggest you go to Google if you're going to do that because that'll show up quicker on the search engines under Google. Or you can just feel free to give us a call, 304-528-9220. And actually, we have an interactive thing on covenantsonline.com too, which they're gonna, they can get that, Bing, Google, all your, your favorite search engine. You can you can find us there because we are well-placed as far as uh, on, on those search engines. And also, check out our Facebook page. We are on Facebook under Covenants. That's with an S. And you can post your question there. If you like, mm-hmm. and you can get all the information and, there as well. And I do want to remind our listeners, not that the program should be or is intention to be uh, anything to necessarily place us in the center of it, or at least what we do. But we do offer Christian counseling and specialized pastoral care services. Covenants is sponsored, co-sponsored by uh Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry, as well as the Word House. And both of those are located out of Huntington, West Virginia. But if they would want to reach out to us at those uh, same uh, uh, opportunities, those addresses, uh, they can do that. And and if they're interested in doing some counseling with us, they can also uh, certainly do that. That would be great. Now, Carolyn, do you have any idea who's up next on the next broadcast? I believe we're going to hear from Tri-State Christian Care Center Mm -hmm. out of Proctorville, Ohio. Okay. So that should be interesting. And what do they do? They do life coaching. (laughs) It's in the dark now. (laughs) Yeah. What do they do? Yeah. Well, they do lots of things, but they um, primarily center around... um, life coaching, which is different Mm -hmm. than counseling. So, you know, if you think that counseling sounds kind of weird or maybe, you you know, I don't need a counselor, then tune into our next broadcast and find out the difference and see if it's something that might help you come up with some options for things you're going through in your life. Well, and certainly I'm going to... (laughs) learn a lot, right? Because right. I don't know anything about them at this particular point. Right. And you know, our listeners may be curious as to why we would even do that, promote other ministries, because 
that's what we're about. I mean, we're really integrated. And more so now than ever before, the body of Christ needs to come together and meet the needs of the people, uh, His people, God's people. And, and even so, if there is something to be said for evangelism, which we know there always is, and uh, if this is a great harvest time in the way of, of God wanting us to not only spread the word, but give everyone an opportunity to come to Jesus, then this seems to us to be the best way to do that. And all these are ministries. God has placed them in the body so that they might be able to minister. And so we see that as uh, a calling on their life. And we just consider it a privilege to be part of the community, to, to have affiliation and relationship. And, you know, I get, to, I get to meet people, Carolyn. You know everybody. I'm not quite to that point where I know everybody quite like you do. I don't know if I say I know everybody, but my kids think I know everybody. Well, they're probably right. <laughs> so, for one final time on today's broadcast, I want to remind our listeners they're listening to Covenants with Dr. Michael David Clay and Carolyn Barnett. And of course, we will uh, be here at the same time, same station. And if you happen to be catching us on the podcast, then uh, you know where we are as far as podcasts are concerned. Uh, but you might want to do that. We're on Apple and I mm -hmm. think several other platforms at this point. But uh, we consider it a blessing and privilege uh, to be able to share the Word of God with you and our experiences and our testimony. Uh, and we'd love to have you come back and join us on next week's broadcast. Till then, God bless.